Welcome back. Come on back. I might just start every show now with some sort of musical. Maybe it's just some sort of singing. I don't know. It's just in my blood. I'm bad at it. That's the thing. I, it's like one of those when you are 16, 17, 18, and your parents are like, don't you dare go drinking with your friends. Don't you dare let me catch you smoking pot. And then they leave the room and you and your friends are like, let's go drink with our friends and smoke pot when you can't do it or you're not supposed to do it. That's all you want to do. But when you can do it, you turn 21. It's cool for like a year or two. You get to be my age, 25. I don't know who I'm fucking kidding. I still love getting banged up on a Saturday. It's a great time. You get together with those same friends, have like 14 beers each. That's still a great fucking time. No doubt about it. But now that it's allowed, now that it's okay, now that it's celebrated, <laughs> you're like, eh, I could go without a Saturday. That's how I am with singing. I know I'm fucking bad. I'm not sitting here telling you, put me on the Grammy, the Grammy nominations list. No, no. I know my voice sounds like someone farting in your ear hole. I get that. But I love to do it. Let them play. Let them play. Let them sing. Let me sing. Let me sing, right? I love to do it. I have no other audience. Nobody's coming out to see me sing. I don't go to the Santa Monica Pier and do it because guess what? Everybody would just be even more packed down towards the end, running away from my vocal cords. But I love to do it. In my head, it sounds okay. In my head, I'm like, hey, you know what? It's like Buddy the Elf. Singing loud for all to hear is the best way to spread Christmas cheer or however the fuck he says it. I love to do it. I think it makes me feel happy. So therefore, I think it'll make others feel happy. Maybe not the case, but I digress. Maybe that's how I'll start the shows out from now on. Probably not. You're listening to The Detroiter. We're covering sports today in the Motor City in the Mitten State per usual. That's all we do here. Yes, every once in a while, I'll sneak a tidbit in about my life. We'll talk about some random jokes. But today, football season, week three, week four of the college season, we're talking about sports, guys. We're talking about college football. We're talking about Michigan. We're talking about Michigan State. And we're going to talk about your Detroit Lions. We're going to talk about the NFC North leading Detroit Lions. Aaron Rodgers, you ayahuasca drug-doing pussy. Even though I'd love to join you, Aaron, if you'll have me. Kirky, Spartan Dog, Hollander, shout out Brent. You stink too. Suck on that. And the fucking Bears, I almost feel bad. The only fan base that might have it worse than the Detroit Lions is the Chicago Bears. And they were in the NFC Championship four years ago. That's saying something. Your NFC North leading Detroit Lions got it feels good. And I don't know what feels the best. I don't know if it's the fact that my favorite team, the Detroit Lions, once again, allow me to reiterate. I don't know if it's the fact that they're at the top of the North. I don't know if it's the fact that all of these people across the country, ESPN, I still remember Mina Kimes roasting Dan Campbell because he wore the uh, racing helmet to a press conference during the Belle Isle Grand Prix and being like, anybody who's wearing a helmet can't be a good coach. I remember you, Mina, you surface level moron. I don't know if it's because of the national pundits who hated on us. I don't know if it's just national media and what seemingly is the forever narrative that like, fuck Detroit kind of thing. Like let's bag on Detroit. Who's a Molly Kareem bagging on cities that aren't LA or Miami. Hey Molly, fucking eat one of those. Call me in the morning. I don't know if it's the fact that we have infidels within our own fan base. I was the SOL fans that seemingly 
go to bed every night. And instead of praying for health and good fortune for their family and friends, they pray for Dan Campbell to lose at least 12 football games this year. I don't know what aspect of it fires me up the most, but man, oh man, I know it's only week three. I know we're only one and one. I know we're not world beaters or punching a ticket to the playoffs or anything like that. I know we're still the Detroit Lions. That I for sure fucking know, dude. I'll never forget it. But something about being atop the NFC North in week three, which I'd be willing to wager nobody on the fucking planet predicted. Nobody on the planet would have predicted, albeit it is week three. Nobody on the planet would have predicted. It feels fucking good because I love looking around and saying, suck on this. Who doesn't? Who doesn't like saying that? I love seeing a guy I root for, a guy that I want to succeed so bad, like Dan Campbell, actually put the pavement to the plaster, or what's that, the the rubber to the road, the pavement to the pedal. I, there's something there with peas. I love seeing guys I root for go out and do what they said they were going to do. And again, I'm not getting too ahead. I know there's people right now sitting at home watching this on YouTube, fucking banging on their TV remote, listening, banging on their ear, AirPods going, dude, it's week three. How are you going to say all this? I know it's week three. Took us nine, nine of them to win a game last year. Nine of them. Nine of them to win one time. Not, not nine of them to win a play. Nine of them to win one game. Took us nine fucking tries to win just one. It's taken us twice. That is a absurd improvement. And Washington, they're not a good team by any stretch. They're not the worst team in the league. There are far worse teams than Washington. They were 1-0 going into that game. How am I not supposed to be pumping my chest? Aaron Rodgers and the Packers look a little discombobulated without Devonta Adams. It's Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure he's going to beat us at least once, probably twice. But still, I'm going to get my shots in while I can. He's still buzzing, tripping, post-haste trip off that ayahuasca, Justin Fields, they only won a game because they were playing water polo, not football. And then he goes out and talks about how they care more than the fans. Whoopsie daisies, Justin. That shit doesn't fly in a place like Chicago. And then you got Minnesota, who Kirk Cousins plays the second half of games with a blindfold on. Of course, I'm going to come out here, get my shots in on Kirk, the Packers, the Bears, and flex that the Detroit Lions, once again, in case you didn't hear me the first few times, are sitting atop the NFC North at week three. Of course. My guy, Dan Campbell, a guy I've rooted for, a guy I've believed in since he got here, still believe in, that has his detractors, believe it or not, which is crazy to me. That, that, that might be, I like double down on liking him because of the detractors. Because there are people out there who are like, he says man too much and he cries. He can't be a good football coach. Fucking what, dude? That almost makes me more impassioned to be like, I can't wait till Dan Campbell makes the playoffs with these guys. And I'm going to shove your face in it so fucking hard, dude. Your nostrils are going to be stuffed with pie for a month. That's how humble pie. And it tastes like ass. You know what the ingredients are in humble pie? Shit and pie crust. That's it. Maybe a little bit of heavy whipping cream, if you're lucky. And I'm going to just fucking suffocate you in that stuff when Dan Cable makes the playoffs for the first time. I'd take it easy on you. I'd make it a key lime if you were nice about it. But you're taking the sweetest, most positive guy. Players love playing for him. Coaches love coaching with him. And you're out here going, he'll never get it done because he likes the same man. You're the same kid running around high school going, major dub, bro. Major dub. Fuck it. Cap. No cap, dude. You're going to roast Dan Campbell because he says, man? 
give me a fucking break. So when he gets it done, and even if it is just the baby step, like winning a game in week two instead of week nine, I'm going to let your sorry ass know that he did it. Because you can run, but you can't hide from the Detroiter, from Nick Bradley, from the truth, and from you being a fraud-ass fan. Plain and simple. And if you're still sticking around, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. If you are one of those fraud-ass fans that I just described, and you're still here, you're sticking around, I genuinely do appreciate that. I respect that. I respect you got some thin skin. I respect that you're probably someone sitting there right now going, all right, I, I deserve that. I, I can own that I was wrong, at least to this point. I appreciate that about you. I don't want that to go unnoticed. I don't want that to go under the bridge. I can appreciate somebody who goes, hey, I was wrong. Hey, I gave up too soon. Hey, you know what? I shouldn't have been negative about Dan Campbell before he barely even got into year two. That's my bad. I was wrong. Please forgive me. You, sir, or Miss Lady, you are forgiven. You are so forgiven. Welcome. Give me a hug. No more shit pie for you. Nothing but key lime. Nothing but banana cream. Nothing but rhubarb. Whatever you like, we'll get it to be made. We'll have it out for you. It'll be warm. We'll give you a nice little whipped cream. It's good. We're all friends here. It's good. Detroit Lions. Massive game this week. Massive fucking game. Minnesota on the road. We're one and one. They're one and one. They looked horrible against Philadelphia. I mean, they looked bad against Philly. And not only did they look bad, but it like Kirk Cousins, bad, like, what the fuck are you doing, pal? Type bad. Like are that, what? That's your QB type bad and people picked you to win the division? Type bad? Like, are you for real wearing a blindfold? Type bad? Like, you know Darius Slay doesn't play for the Vikings. Type bad. I mean, Kirk Cousins in that second half, dude. And I'll back Kirk up a little bit. His offensive line did him zero favors. Philly brought the heat seemingly every single play, and it worked every single fucking play. I don't know if Minnesota's offensive line's bad. I don't know if Minnesota just refused to give the guy additional protection when it was clear Philly was going to bring one more than they could block every single obvious passing down. It was fucking mental. Every single time Kirk dropped back to pass, it was set hit. Here comes a guy free off the edge. I just caught the ball. I'm going to throw it. I'm going to turn. I'm not even going to look at the receiver. It's just, and hopefully fucking something good happens. Unfortunately for Kirk, Darius Slay having like seven unreal opportunities to intercept the pass. That's not something good for him or the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk got bailed out a little bit because Darius dropped like five of them. But man, every single time Minnesota needed a first down, third down and eight, second and 12, third and six, set hit. Here comes a guy. I'm getting hit. I'm just fucking throwing it that way. I don't know who's over there. I don't even know. I didn't even know if I saw purple. I just said, fuck, and just chucked it. My head was turned before I even threw the ball. That's what Kirk Cousins is saying. And God did not work out. I mean, they look bad. Their offense looked horrible. If the Detroit Lions just copy what Philly did, I don't I don't really see how this doesn't go pretty well for us. I mean, like, Philly's got a good defense. We know this. We put up 35 on them. No big deal. Minnesota put up seven. Eek, that's not great. We put up 35 on them, though. Not a big deal. I don't understand how it doesn't go well for us, though. Just cop- copy what Philly did. 
Every obvious down, you bring pressure. Kirk Cousins is stuck in fucking mud. And he's got cement tied to his feet. Bro, bring the heat. Every single play, blitz. Every single third down, blitz. He will not move. He will not evade the rush. He will not find a hot read. He's going to throw the ball like 20 yards that way and turn around and fall and go to the ground like, fuck. That's exactly what's going to actually more probably like that. He's a pretty religious guy. What the hell? Copy Philly. How does it go wrong if we copy Philly? Honest to God. I, and I know, I, I know that sounds like something like, oh, dude, you think it's that easy? Everybody would do it if it was. I Okay, fair enough. I get that. Um, they didn't even, Minnesota didn't even come anywhere near adjusting to it. Anything even resembling stopping the pass rush. Not it. They knew they needed to pass it every single play. The entire fourth quarter, all Minnesota was going to do was throw. And all Philly did was, we'll bring one more. And Minnesota didn't do anything. Minnesota said, this whole Kirk just fucking blindly throwing it isn't really working, but maybe it'll start. Let's just keep rolling rolling with it, see what happens. I don't know, maybe. Maybe it'll work. What the fuck, Minnesota? What? If that's going to be their offensive strategy, please oblige them. Please say, oh, you guys are cool with that? All right, we'll do the same. You guys had a good time in Philly last week? We're going to do the fucking same. We're going to blitz you every third down, Kirk. Just chuck it that way and close your eyes, brother. Say a Holy Mary. It'll be good. It'll work out. I promise we won't intercept you more than three times. That's a gentleman's guarantee. Dan Campbell doesn't break those. Let's do it. Copy them. We might not have the front four Philly has fair. We have guys. We got Aiden Hutchinson. Charles Harris hasn't been so bad. Levi Anzarike is not so bad. We got a couple guys. They can make a couple plays. Malcolm Rodriguez is the highest ranked linebacker in PFF stopping the run. Forget the run. We'll be all right. Fucking every single passing down. You know Kirk Cousins is dropping back and looking for 18 or looking for 19. Send one more than they can block. He will have 1.3 seconds. That ball will be gone in a random fucking direction with no intent or purpose. And our defensive backs are going to have a free shot at getting to it. Oh, and by the way, Kirk Cousins is going to go to the ground every single time. That adds up. That wears on him. All of a sudden, instead of holding that thing for a full 1.3, it's gone in 1.1. And it's an even worse decision and an even worse throw. And we have even higher chances of taking that thing the other way. Copy Philadelphia. It doesn't seem that difficult. It does, too good to be true. Too good to be true. If, if it was that easy, everyone would do it. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's do it, though, until we're proven it isn't that easy. Is that too much to ask? Let's do that. Let's copy exactly what Philadelphia did all game defensively until we realize, okay, all right, they fuck, they did something. Minnesota figured something out. Until that happens, copy. Fucking dead copy. Hey, Nick Serrani, we already played. Good game. You guys are a wagon. Can we just get the entire defensive playbook? And, like, just give it to us. Whatever you did against Minnesota, all the notes, the PowerPoints, the strategies, like that recorded conversation, the defensive staff off of four Miller lights, like everything, dude, every little nitty gritty. What do we do? Because that looked easy mode and it was easy mode. The Vikings looked awful. I know that it's a tough spot because of that, because the Vikings just got fucking embarrassed, shit pumped on national television prime time. I know that we're probably in a tougher spot with the Lions here. They're going to be pissed off. They're going to be at home. That place is going to be rocking. Divisional game. They know. They've seen. Their fans know. 
The Lions are not going to be a pushover this year. Like, this is a meaningful game. If the Vikings for real, for real want to win this division at home against the Lions, like, that's a game you got to win if you're a Vikings fan. But the Detroit Lions are not your usual Detroit Lions. They're not your father's Detroit Lions. We're coming with a run game. We're coming with a quarterback who's been making throws, who's nasty in the play action after the run game's been cooking. We're coming with an offensive line that's going to give them time and fucking gash you. We're coming with a defense that isn't great, but has made a couple improvements. Hopefully is one of those defenses that, you know, we're getting better week over week. We certainly got better from week one to week two. Can we get better from week two to week three? We'll see, but we're coming with a little bit of venom. And beyond that, beyond the talent and the X's and O's, I think we're coming as a team with something to prove. We had hard knocks. I'm sure there's still a little bit of that buzz in the locker room. We're one and one. We kept it within three against what seemingly might be the best team in the NFC in the Philadelphia Eagles, right? We had a lot better game against them than Minnesota did. Minnesota was on the road. We were at home. Fair enough. Still, we looked like a lot better team against the Eagles. We just kind of, you know, we controlled that game against Washington, except for maybe the third quarter. We controlled that entire game. And now we're going our first road game this season to a hostile-ass environment. Minnesota place gets fucking rocking. Divisional rival. They want this win just as bad as we do. Now is a prove-it game. It's easy. It's easy winning at home. When there's 60,000 people on your side, right, the, the stands are painted in Honolulu blue, it's a lot easier winning those games. Now you got to go on the road to Minnesota. Skull, skull. They're doing that shit. It's third and nine. You need a throw from Jared Goff, and he can't even hear himself think. Now let's see what we're about. It's going to be a tough game. There is no doubt about that. If you think we're going into Minnesota and we're just going to roll them and the final is going to be like 31-10, you're out of your mind. It's not going to be that easy. This game's going to be like 27-24, like a fucking dogfight down to the wire. Whoever makes fewer mistakes wins. Whoever takes fewer penalties that kill drives wins. Whoever commits fewer turnovers wins. Whoever just blows coverages and leaves men wide open fewer times, they win. Kirk Cousins. He wants to throw picks. Kirk Cousins wants to give you two extra possessions every game. He wants to so fucking desperately. Jared Goff has been good about it so far this year. Through the first pick in, in week one, kind of a tough scene. You know, miscommunication with Hawk, redirect, bounces into the guy's arm, shit happens. Kirk wants to give the ball away. Jared Goff's been pretty good. We've been able to run the ball. We don't need to ask too much from our quarterback. Minnesota, their offense, they're, they're – Dynamic players, they revolve around Kirk Cousins dropping back there and airing it out to guys like Thielen and Jefferson. Our defense isn't lethal by any means, but they've shown we'll get better. We can adjust. We can get some stops. That Philly game, they got torched for three quarters. By the fourth quarter, they started to get adjusted. They started to figure out. They got a couple stops on Jalen Hurts and the Birds. Washington, last week, didn't give up a point in the first half. Didn't give up a fucking point. In the first half, 27 in the second half isn't great, but there is a little bit of the fact that I'm sure, you know, you're parking the bus a little bit, let them have the underneath stuff, let them run the ball, let them kill the clock. You're not playing that true close game defense like you were against Philly, where it's like, we can't even get up a give a first down second half against Washington. You start the half up 22. You're probably going, all right, just don't get beat deep. If they score and the drive takes seven minutes, that's a win for us. Just don't get beat deep. 
The defense coming along. They take another step in week three. We've got some things cooking. We're getting some guys back from injury. Hopefully Ragnow's back this week. Hopefully is back this week. Hopefully Jonah Jackson's back this week. We've got some guys we're going to be able to add to the fray again. I don't know what Minnesota's injury report looks like, but the Detroit Lions is improving. This is a winnable game for the Detroit Lions. Very winnable. I don't, it's not a must win by any means because after this, we got the Seahawks at home. They're terrible. Beat them two and two. Pats on the road. They stink. Beat them. Cowboys on the road. They stink. Miami looks like they'll be pretty good. So the, the, the road ahead isn't terrible. Like we're not looking down a gauntlet where it's like, fuck, Minnesota might be the one we can get before we go down this stretch. We've got some winnable games coming up, but this is a statement game. I mean, you want to win every game you play, right? That's the whole fucking point. But this is a statement game. There is a different energy around Dan Campbell and the team. The the fan base some somehow, and I don't want to go down the fucking tangent again, but the, the fan base is somehow divided where half the people are like, yes, let's give them time. They look better. I'm with Dan Campbell. And the other half of the people, whether it's Dan Campbell or not, refuse to buy in, refuse to be positive, refuse to celebrate after they won in week fucking two. Like, just want the Lions to be so bad for some reason. The, the fans are kind of divided. People don't want to buy in. And you have a chance to make a statement. You got to go to Minnesota, beat a team that people were projecting to be good this year. Some people picking to win the division. Beat them at their place after they got fucking ass kicked the week before you moved the two and one with a couple more cupcakes with the Seahawks, Pats and Cowboys on the docket. All of a sudden things are happening. People will start to murmur about the Detroit Lions. People will start to murmur. You win Sunday in Minnesota. There's going to be some shit happening. There's going to be people fucking talking about the Detroit Lions. I think they can do it. I think they can do it again. It's going to be a tough one. We're underdogs. I think we opened as like seven-point underdogs. Um, let me see real quick. We're dogs. It's going to be a tough game. But listen, dude, I have no reason to believe that we won't play the same game we've played the last two times, which is we will run the ball on you. Jared Goff will not try to force anything. And when you do commit to the run, we're going to air it out in the play-action game. And you won't have enough back deep to stop Amon Ross St. Brown and TJ Hawkinson, and Josh Reynolds, and DJ Chark. You won't be able to stop everything because that's what's cruised us here so far is the offense is fucking working. You either got to pick. We're going to stop this run game, which is the most explosive in the NFL to this point, and DeAndre Swift, who's been unbelievable, the slipperiest dude in the league in open field. Maybe not in the league, but he's a fucking animal when he gets that ball in space. You either got to commit to them, or we're going to try and stop Goff and those receivers. You got to pick one because the moment you start selling out on the run, Jared Goff can fake a handoff and dump it to a guy for eight yards. He can do that all fucking day. He's done it to this point. And why shouldn't I believe that he'll do it again? What this one's going to come down to is can we do what Philly did? Can we get after Kirk every time he wants to force feed Jefferson and Thielen? Plain and simple. That's why they got blown out. That's why they couldn't score is because every time they went back to throw, Kirk Cousin was taking a helmet to the fucking ribcage. This is an Aiden Hutchinson game. Look, man, 
We took you second overall. He had three sacks last week. That's awesome. We took you second overall. We just watched the fucking tape. Minnesota couldn't block a goddamn traffic cone last week if they had to. We took you second overall. You are here to go tackle guys specifically like Kirk Cousins. Go do it. They are not prepared to stop you. You could be in a wheelchair, dude, and you'd come away with one and a half sacks. Go get after the fucking quarterback this weekend. If the Lions do that, and we're right back to Patches O'Houlihan, Kirk Cousins blindfolded, throwing that shit to the moon, we're going to win the game. We are going to win the game. Are we going to be aggressive enough to do that? Are the defensive linemen, Aiden Hutchinson, Charles Harris, these pass rushers, going to show up to the point where we can execute on that? That's where it comes to. I think we'll score points again. I think we'll run again. I think golf will be good again. Do we get after Kirk like Philly did? If we do, we're going to win the game. Plain and simple. I love it. I love it. We're seven and a half point dogs is what we opened up as. I don't know what the line is at now. That seems, I mean, that seems fucking ridiculous after what happened to Minnesota on Monday night. Yeah, it moved to, it moved to Minnesota minus six only. I don't even, that's the, it feels like it should be Minnesota, like minus a field goal. That's where I'm at. Maybe even a little less, like Minnesota minus two and a half. That's where I'm at. I, I love the Lions. If you're a gambler, I love the Lions and the points. I kind of like the Lions money line. I, I, I feel good about Sunday. And in the NFL, as a fan of the Detroit Lions, that's all you can ask for. Quick break. We'll look at MSU. We'll look at Michigan. Okay, we'll open up with Michigan. Didn't get to talk about him too much Tuesday. I mean, can you blame me? They killed UConn. I was in Seattle. I was at the state game. Didn't even watch the Michigan game. I, did you want to hear about the UConn game? If you're a Michigan fan, if you bleed maize and blue. Be honest with me for one second. I know I'm an MSU guy. You're a Michigan guy. This is me waving the white flag, the olive branch. Did you want to hear about the UConn game? J.J. McCarthy played great. Cool. Everybody on the team got to got to play. Great. Did you want to hear about the UConn game? I don't think you can blame me. It was, you know, tune up. They got some reps, whatever. This is the first game Michigan's played this year. That's a little bit of a test. I mean, I, I, that's, that, that's strong. That's strong. Me calling Maryland in Ann Arbor a test. <laughs> I, I'm the most unbiased Michigan State fan who's ever existed. Honest to God. Honest to God. I am St. Nick, no pun intended, of Ann Arbor. Really? Who else is coming out here that isn't a Michigan fan and puts the name, the word test and Maryland at home in the same sentence? Nobody. Fucking uh, nobody. And it probably was too strong of a word. I, I don't know if Maryland at home is a test, but it's competition. It's something better. It's improvement. So that's good. It'll be interesting. This is the first interesting game. Week one's a fun because you get to see the team. But we're done with the garbage, picking up guys out of Division Three that are like, hey, can you fucking breathe and stand? All right, come play for Colorado State. That's done. We're done with that. Maryland at home. Now, they should still annihilate them. I, I, there, there is no, like, this game's going to be a toss up Maryland. You never know when Maryland comes to the big house, there is none of that. Um, but it is Maryland. It's a big 10 team, a power five team, right? 
they can score points and they have scored points. That is the one thing that they've been able to do this year. They've beaten Buffalo 31-10, beat Charlotte 56-21. Neither of those are impressive. And then last week they beat SMU 34-27. It's a little better. SMU, I think they're power five, right? Um, and I think SMU is actually like going to figure out their program. I think they are actively figuring out their program as we speak. Now that they have NIL, there's infinity fucking rich people that are obsessed with football that went to SMU. It's 50K a year. It's 50K a year to go to school there. My friends and I were talking about it this weekend, actually. It's $50,000 or something like that to go to school there every year. Every single person, I think it's private, every single person who's going to school there, their parents are fucking rich. And guess what else? Their parents also went to SMU. And guess what else? If you go to SMU at all, you fucking love football. You would love for the Pony Express to make a return. So now that you can pay players the thing that got them the death penalty to begin with, now that you can pay players, guess what Southern Methodist University is about to do? They're going to fucking pay players. And it's probably going to work because they're in Texas and they have history and they have more money than pisses I've taken today. And I've pissed so many times today. SMU is going to be good. I don't think it's happened yet. I don't think they've fully gotten to where they want to go, right? Things take time, i.e. Michigan State. But SMU is going to be good. That's a respectable win. That's a respectable win. It was in College Park, so it's not like they had to go down to Dallas to do it. But it's a respectable win. And now Maryland travels to the big house to face off against Michigan. It'll be a fun game. Anytime you get Big Ten play, it's fun, right? I know Maryland's not Ohio State, but it's a Big Ten game. That means something. And there is a little bit of an element, although Maryland, nobody's expecting them to win, right? They are the heavy underdogs. There is a little bit of the element where it's like, hey, any given day. When it comes to the Big Ten, there is a little bit of any given day. If this game was in Maryland, I would be more so like, all right, let's see what Michigan's got. This is the first real fucking team they're going to play, and it happens to be their first road game. This could be a little interesting. We'll see. This is the first real quarterback they're going to play. Let's see what this defense is actually all about. There is still the element, a faint element, but it remains of any given day. It's the Big Ten. That said, Michigan's favored by 16 and a half. That's that's actually, I'll be honest, that's actually kind of low. I'm, I'm, I would have guessed like in the 20s for sure, like 24. That seems a little low, but nonetheless, 16 and a half is a good little number. I think Michigan will win the game, but I do think this game, you will see a little bit of crack. In Michigan, right? Like, it's not going to be 60 nothing. It's not going to be over at the end of the first quarter. J.J. McCarthy's not going to be showering at halftime. It's going to be like the starters are in at least until fucking late in the game. I think Maryland will score some points. You'll see the first flaws if – this is my prediction. I think you'll see the first flaws, whatever they may be, with the Michigan defense. Like, Talia Tagovailoa – Maryland's offense, they're they're kind of frisky. Like he's he'll fuck around, dude. He'll throw the ball. He'll challenge your secondary. He doesn't give a fuck. That is the one thing that makes Maryland kind of, you know, like an event any given day team is when you get a quarterback. We just saw it at Washington. Now I think Washington's team all around is better than Maryland's. I think Washington's defense, fucking nuts, way better than Maryland's. That's Maryland's problem, is Michigan's gonna hang a number on them. And Washington's got receivers. Washington has probably a better offensive line. But I think the the bane of MSU in that game wasn't everybody else. It was the fact that Washington has Michael Penix, and he's fucking nice with it. 
plain and simple. Michael Penix is a stud. You get that a little bit with Maryland. Talia Tagovailoa, maybe he's not Michael Penix. Dude, he'll air it out, though. Like, he can throw it. He's got a good arm. He is not afraid to throw it, which I think is maybe the most dangerous part about him. Like, he's a little athletic. He can extend plays with his legs. If you give him space, he'll just take off and run it straight up. Like, Talia can do some shit. When they came to MSU last year, he was a little frisky. Like, there were some moments in that game where it was – like, oh, all right, this fucking guy, this fucking to his brother is kind of being a pain in my ass. I wish he would stop doing things. I wish he would just quit already. I wish they would just lay down and get beaten by 25. That would be nice. That would be much better. But he kind of battled back. You make a couple throws. You make a couple plays. If I remember correctly, the and the reason they ended up losing that game, the double-edged sword to a guy like Talia is I think he threw a, a couple interceptions. I know he threw one in the red zone that was crucial. That was kind of like the icer. But he's frisky. He's frisky. That said, Michigan probably wins this game. I mean, Maryland can't stop anybody. Their defense is ranked in the hundreds nationally. That's bad. That's not a good stat, and it's especially not good when you've played Buffalo, Charlotte, and SMU. Charlotte hangs 21. Charlotte putting 21 up on you, that's not a good sign when the other team's quarterback is J.J. McCarthy. And every single wide receiver and offensive lineman and running back was a four-star recruit. That's You gave up 21 to Charlotte, 27 to SMU at home. That's not great either. That's not great either. Or I, I think I, I read that they ranked in the hundreds um, in the past game. So maybe they can stop the run. But you got to throw it, which will be interesting. That'll be a fun matchup if that's the case. If Maryland can successfully stop the run and it's like, hey, JJ, let's fucking see it. This will be Michigan fans' first look at a game where it's like, this is on you, JJ. Because all these other games, although JJ's played well and has put up nice stat lines, yeah, it's because you run the ball. Corum picks up eight yards every time he touches it. You don't even need to throw it. You just throw it to like humor yourself. You throw it because you ran it the last four. Now you might be in a situation where it's, we don't want to throw it. We have to throw it because if we just try and run it all day, we're going to be in a lot of third downs. We're going to maybe get behind the chains a little bit. It might not go so smoothly. Now we got to go. All right, JJ, it's second down. Fucking we're throwing it the next two, every single possession, every single series. That may be the case. And if that is the case, granted, Maryland doesn't have a great pass defense. That will be an interesting matchup to see regardless. It'll just be interesting to see the new guy, the fucking crowned prince, in a situation where there is no security blanket. You're not playing Division II, kids, and you have to throw it. We're not throwing it because we set up this play-action pass last series. We're throwing it because we fucking can't run it, at least not the way we want to. We have to throw it. We have to throw it. JJ. So let's see what that golden arm's all about. That'll be fun to watch, whether it's the best pass defense in the country or the worst pass defense in the country. Being in that situation alone, it'll bring some pressure and it'll be fun to see how he responds, especially if on the other sideline, Talia and Maryland are scoring some points against what seems to be an impenetrable Michigan defense. I mean, Michigan defense, they've given up 17 points all season, 17 through three games against Colorado State, Hawaii, and Connecticut. I'm sure the defense is good. I'm sure Maryland will struggle to score more than like 21. I'm sure. But I, those are the teams you've played. 
Those are the teams you played. And you haven't seen Talia Tagovailoa. I think Talia is one of the sneaky good quarterbacks in this conference. Like there are teams, Penix, when he was at IU, where maybe their team's not the best, but their QB is fucking annoying to play against. Their QB makes enough plays that makes you nervous. I think Tauli is one of those guys. Aiden O'Connell at Purdue last year comes to mind, although they might not be the part this year. But I do think Tagovailoa is a guy where it's like, dude, you might have a sick defense. You might have a sick defensive line. You might have a sick secondary. This guy just runs around and has a great arm. Like, it's tough to stop. stop. That was the thing with Penix. I'm not excusing what MSU did or the scheme, but it's like even if we played a great scheme and we have good pass rushers like Jacoby Winman, Chris Bogle, even if that is all the case, it's tough to stop guys like Mike Penix who can run around and just throw fucking darts. Anyways, those guys are tough to stop at the college game. And I think Talia, I keep wanting to say Tua, is one of those guys. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, Maryland stinks against Michigan, though. I When I think of Michigan in the Jim Harbaugh era, I don't think of that Ohio State game last year. I don't even think of like the disappointing seasons they've had. I think of beating Maryland by 60. That's what I think of. When I think of Jim Harbaugh's Michigan football teams, I think of annihilating Maryland. That's the first thought. And then, ah, they stink. And then, oh, wait, they actually did when they won a big 10 that happened. That's real. But in that order, I think of smoking Maryland first and foremost. So that's not great either. I'm trying to think like what else is exciting about this game? I mean, it'll like the JJ thing. will be cool. And the, and the defense, it'll be cool. It'll be cool in general just to see these guys play somebody real, just to see these guys play somebody real. And then the following week you act, th- that is a test. That is check mark, fucking stamp of approval. That is a test the following week. You have to go to Iowa. You have to go to Kinnick Stadium, Stadium and play Iowa. That's not an easy task. That is not an easy task. Um, I think, again, one of the more sneaky like places you have to go play. Even Iowa could be bad that year. Iowa could be very mediocre like they tend to be. You got to go on the road to Kinnick. Like that, that sucks. That's a shitty place to go. And Iowa's offense is fucking anemic. They scored seven points against South Dakota state. They scored seven against Iowa state. They scored 27 last week against Nevada, which, you know, good for them. Iowa on the road will never be an easy place to play. So these next two will be interesting. You get your first taste of real competition with Maryland this week. Your first look at a real fucking quarterback, a guy who like, there is a chance he gets his name called in the NFL draft with Talia. And then you go on the road to a hostile environment that, you know, if a top ranked Michigan team comes to Iowa, that campus, that stadium are going to be buzzing from start to finish. You know that for a fact. And then again, you look at JJ McCarthy and go, this guy's played four games all against three cupcakes, one. Okay. Power five team. And they were all at home. Let's see what this guy go. This guy's got to offer when he's got to go to Kinnick Stadium. That'll be an interesting little test. So these next two games, it'll be fun for Michigan. I think Michigan fans, you should be excited. I think this will be the first game where it's like you probably wake up Saturday morning and you got a little butterflies. You're looking around like, all right, here we fucking go, dude. Here we go. This is a real game. This is it. Talia Tagovailoa can fucking toast you. If the defense doesn't show up, doesn't do what they're supposed to do, he could put up 31 on you. He can do that. He can do that. Do I think he will? No. 
but he can do it. He's capable of doing it. I think the final probably looks like, I don't know, Maryland's defense is bad. Dude. Maryland's defense is fucking bad. Probably I don't, like 42-21, something like that, Michigan. Seems like a fair prediction. I think Talia and Maryland will score a few times. Like you'll still you'll see the first time where it's Michigan fans, you're yelling at the TV going, This fucking corner sucks. This safety, what's he doing? This linebacker, what you'll have the first taste of like what the fuck moments with the defense. Take it from me, state fan, not fun. And you'll get to get you'll see a taste of JJ McCarthy against a higher level of competition. Granted, still a not great defense, but a defense that might, if they play well, force you to throw the ball which will be interesting for a guy like J.J. McCarthy early on in his career. I think Michigan wins. It should be an interesting game. Um, MSU plays late, so I'll actually probably watch a good amount of this Michigan game, which is pretty exciting because I usually don't when they play at the same time. But that's all I got on Michigan. Let me take another quick break, and then we'll talk MSU playing against Minnesota, which <sighs> kind of nervous. <laughs> Fucking hey, dude. God damn it. Quick break. All right. Minnesota comes the East Lansing to face MSU. Minnesota home or away favorites. Two and a half point favorites on the road in East Lansing. In kind of an interesting spot. MSU last week obviously got fucking murdered by Washington. I don't want to talk about it. But they're going to come back, you have to think. You have to think, bias aside, from just a football's perspective, from Mel Tucker's perspective, you have to think that this team, getting their ass kicked on the road, plenty of MSU fans out there, if getting beat wasn't bad enough, you look around that stadium Saturday and you see how many disappointed fucking people are out there. They traveled all this way, spent all this money just to see you watch get worked. MSU coming back home, East Lansing, the stadium is going to be full. It's warm out in East Lansing. It's beautiful. It's the best time of the year in East Lansing. The stadium is going to be filled to the brim, and it feels like a must-win game for Mel Tucker. You cannot, you cannot go out there on Saturday and lay another egg like you did at Washington. You cannot do it. Simply, plain and simple, you cannot do it. There is no if, and, and, but. I don't care what Minnesota is ranked offensively. I don't care what their defense is ranked. I don't care how many points they've scored. I don't give a fuck. You Cannot do what you did in Seattle, plain and simple. And I don't think they will. I think you get beat like that. You get embarrassed like that. Whether you want to admit it or not as a player, as a coach, everybody in that building is working harder this week. They are going to come into Saturday more focused with more motivation. That's just a fact. Minnesota's been cruising on the flip side, 3-0. and Granted, they've played absolutely fucking nobody. New Mexico State. Western Illinois, is that a high school? And Colorado, they've beat them all by a 1,000. They're humming. They've got one of the best offenses in the country, number two, I believe, in total offense, and the number two defense in the country. Pretty fucking good, and they're somehow unranked. They've played nobody. Here's where I think it gets interesting, because you look at this, you read those two stats. You go, Minnesota's got the number two offense in the country, number two in rushing, Number seven in scoring, number nine, or whatever. It's all these stats. Number two total. They got a sick offense. And they have a number two defense. I don't care that they're on the road. You saw what just happened to Michigan State against Washington, against the team with a competent offense. You look at that and you go, there's no way Minnesota loses this game, right? Here's the thing. Granted, I wish Michigan State would have won that game in Seattle. I wish we were 3-0. and 
I would probably rather have played a nobody and be three and zero than go to Seattle and get our asses kicked the way that we did. Probably. But here's the thing: we are in the spot that we are in. We are going to come back more fired up than Minnesota. It's a fact. We Michigan State's players are going to be more fired up than Minnesota Saturday. It's a fact. Minnesota's feeling good. A hungry dog runs faster, folks. That's a fucking fact. Hungry dogs hunt better, run faster, are hungry, whatever. Minnesota also hasn't seen competition like Michigan State. Similarly to what we just talked about with Michigan and Maryland, like why that game will be interesting at all, just the more the similarity and competition level, the one benefit of State going out west last weekend and getting their asses beat is we played a very good fucking team. Yeah, that game was over pretty much at halftime, right? Yeah, we only lost by 11, and a lot of the points were garbage time. They battled back. They scored, whatever. The benefit of that is we played a good fucking team. Washington, I think, is ranked now. I think Washington just is good. I mean, they're going to win a ton of games in the Pac-12 regardless, so they'll be ranked and all that. I think Washington is good. We played a very good quarterback in Michael Penix Jr. Their wide receivers were pretty good. Their front four was very good. Their defense in general was good. We played a very good team on the road in a hostile environment. Now, we're back at home. There's going to be 80,000 people at Spartan Stadium. There will not be an open seat. And we're playing a team. Maybe they have the same talent level, more talent, lesser talent, Minnesota. Similar talent level as to Washington. We've seen it now. We've seen it. We got our two tune-ups. We played a real fucking team, a good team. We've seen it. We know what to expect. We know we got to be better. And we know we how we have to play to beat a team like Washington. Minnesota coming to our place, we've seen it already. Minnesota has not seen a team like us. And everybody is going to point to the one thing. Michigan State's pass defense was fucking garbage in 2021. And they were even worse Saturday against Washington. Minnesota's got the number two total offense in the country. They're going to roast these guys. That's the easy thing to point out. And they'll score points on us. They're going to score points on us. Yes. Minnesota will score points on us. The defense that came out Saturday, they're not turning into some team that holds you to three. That isn't happening in a week. Unless fucking Lawrence Taylor is back from the dead and is wearing green and white. That ain't happening. They're going to score some points on us. But here's the thing. Minnesota's offensive line has not seen a front four like Michigan State's. Has not had the block linebackers like Michigan State's. Minnesota's wide receivers, as bad as MSU's might be, haven't gone against cornerbacks, haven't gone against safeties with just the pure athleticism level of MSU's. As fucking horrible as they might be, they haven't played athletes like them. Maybe they're terribly coached. Maybe the scheme they're in sucks. Whatever the case, whatever you want to say, fair enough. It's tough to argue against that. But on the flip side, it's tough to argue against Minnesota's wideouts, Minnesota's running backs, Minnesota's offensive linemen, Minnesota's quarterback, Tanner Morgan, none of those guys have seen opposition like Michigan State will put out there. Plain and simple. That's a fact. Nobody on Minnesota's offensive line has blocked Jacoby Whitman. Fact. Western Illinois doesn't have Jacoby Whitman. Colorado doesn't have Jacoby Whitman. No center has had to snap the ball, chip the guy, and then go up and block Cal Halliday for Minnesota. Nobody's had to do that for Minnesota. The first time they go out there and do it, they're going to be like, oh, fuck. The, oh, shit, this is the big time. I forgot what this is like. I forgot that these guys are real. I forgot that these guys can get off blocks. I forgot that these guys have watched film and like sometimes know where the ball's going before I get out there. Oh, fuck. 
the wide receiver is going, this guy's fast too. This guy can keep up with me. That's not supposed to happen. How come Western Illinois guy couldn't do that? What's that's weird. That's what I'm used to. I do think that plays a role. And then you mix in the factor that it will be at Spartan stadium. The plays will be loud. It will be hostile, et cetera, et cetera. I don't see how Michigan state replicates its performance Saturday. And if they don't replicate that performance, if Michigan state comes out and Michigan state plays well, the way we know they're capable of, they should score points. They should be able to run the ball and they should at least be able to provide some sort of opposition defensively. Something, something dude. I know Minnesota's ranked second in the country in offense. I know that we have to be able to do something. Scotty Hazleton, Mel Tucker. I'm not asking you to hold these guys to nothing. I'm not, that's crazy. You gotta get off the field on a third down every once in a while. You have to make them punt at some fucking point Saturday. You have to. I know their run game has been great. You have to be able to stop it at some point. Like, you have guys. Cal Halliday isn't a nobody. Jacoby Windman, Chris Bogle, Jacob Slade, hopefully he's back. Those guys aren't nobodies. Charles Brantley, Amir Speed. Chester Kimbrough, those guys aren't total nobodies. Like Amir Speed, dude, you were on. I know you didn't play a ton. You were on the fucking team. You were on scholarship at Georgia the year they won a national championship. You have to be decent. You don't need to be the best. You don't need to be locked down fucking top 15 NFL draft pick. You got to be decent, bro. Like, right? You have to be. Chester Kimbrough, I know you're not great. You were at Florida, dog. Mel Tucker, for some reason, is still putting you out there. You got to have something to offer. Something. Minnesota's wideouts aren't going to be Ohio State's. Tanner Morgan sure as hell is not Michael Penix. I've seen Tanner Morgan play. I've seen him all last year. That's why, before I really looked into Minnesota, at the end of last week, and people were like, damn, and Minnesota's about to come kick your ass, too. I, I hadn't followed Minnesota at all this year. I knew... You know, P.J. Fleck, Tanner Morgan, they'll win eight games this year. They'll struggle. They'll lose the good teams. That's Minnesota. That's P.J. Fleck's Minnesota. Tanner Morgan, I don't – I don't fucking – that doesn't scare me. Michael Penix scared me. I'll be honest with you. I said it. I think I made a video or maybe it was on here. I said before that game at Washington, I was like, dude, Michael Penix kind of scares me. He kind of makes me nervous. I remember him at IU. He gave us some troubles when he was there. He's got a fucking cannon. Like Taulia at Maryland, he's one of those guys who doesn't give a fuck. He'll just air it out. He doesn't care. He wants to make plays. He can move a little bit. Michael Penix made me nervous. I knew he was a good player. Dude, I've seen Tanner Morgan play. Nothing about Tanner Morgan makes me worried. Sure, he's a decent quarterback. Sure, if you leave guys wide open, he'll hit him. If you play coverage like you did against Washington, dudes are just – he's sitting in the pocket – and there's a guy 15 yards downfield with no one around him. He'll make that throw. He's a division one quarterback. He can do that. Tanner Morgan isn't going to roll out to his right and throw an absolute dart 30 yards of the pylon. Tanner Morgan's not making that throw. Tanner Morgan doesn't have the arm. Michael Penix has plain and simple. He doesn't scare me. Yeah. The run game has been good. We will be, be, we, we will be able to stop the run. Even last year when the defense sucked, when the pass defense sucked, we could stop the run. We will stop the run. We want Tanner Morgan to be the reason we lose. Unless you're playing an elite, elite, elite quarterback, probably like a Michael Penix, where the game plan could, should be more 
All right, beat us on the ground, not through the air. Tanner Morgan, beat us through the air. Please beat us through the air. Like these guys, Tanner Morgan is used to reading defenses of Western Illinois, of Colorado, of New Mexico State. I believe that means something. I believe he's used to the speed of those players. Because whether you want to admit it or not, if you're an MSU fan or you're someone else's fan, our athletes are superior to their athletes. Our corners, our safeties faster than theirs. Our linebackers are bigger and faster than theirs. Our defensive ends and defensive linemen are bigger and faster and stronger than the other teams. That's it. Colorado, Minnesota, or Western Illinois, New Mexico State. No, nobody on any of their teams get on the field for Michigan State. Like they, Minnesota will see a level of competition that they haven't yet. And I think, honestly, I think, honestly, that might be part of what hurt MSU last weekend so badly is we went from playing the Akron's of the world and the Western Michigan's of the world to Washington. And it was like, Oh shit, dude, these guys are fucking good. Yeah. Washington's ranked 18th. Now these guys are fucking good. Washington hadn't played anybody either. Kent state, Portland state, nobody's, they were much more well-prepared. I suppose they were just bad. I don't, I don't even know what to say about them, but I think that hurt MSU a little bit too. Like we felt a little shell shocked, at least in that first half where it was like, fuck, our offensive line's looking around going, shit, dude, these guys are hard to block, right? Peyton Thorne's looking around going, damn, Keon Coleman isn't wide open all the time. Our corners are going, damn, these dudes are fucking hard to cover. Jacoby Winman's sitting there going, I'm not going to rack up three sacks. What, this guy moves? What's up? What's fucking happening? Like, it felt like we were a little shell-shocked in that game. I think that happens to Minnesota a little bit. And then offensively for us, a big reason we got smacked like we did against Washington is because we just didn't run the ball at all. First two games running the ball last year, running the ball is what got us through. That's why we won those games. That's why the offense hummed the way it did. We still put up 28. Peyton aired it out in the second half, and it started to work. Again, garbage time. Washington's probably like we're up three touchdowns. You guys can throw it a little bit here, whatever. Who gives a fuck? I think we'll be able to run the ball more on Minnesota. For a few reasons, although they might be ranked second in defense, I know Washington has a good front four. I know that's one of the stronger parts of their team. I don't know if that's the case with Minnesota, but I will say this. I have a hard time believing that Minnesota's front four is better than whatever Washington's is. Worst case, they're probably the same. And now, guess what? We just took live reps against them once. This will be the second time we've seen them. There comes that repetition again. Second thing, you have to be able to make adjustments. Chris Kapilovich, Mel Tucker, you couldn't run the ball for your fucking life against Washington. I don't know what it is they were doing. There's got to be a reason for that. What your offensive line wasn't doing, you have a week now to fix that. You're going to play another team with a high level of competition, another team that's feeling good, that thinks they're going to come to your place and kick your ass. You have to be able to figure that out and get the run game back on track. It's a combination of both. You saw a real run defense and you got your ass beat. So doing that again, there's no way you get your ass beat again and make zero adjustments in the run game. I have to believe that MSU runs the ball at least somewhat against Minnesota. It might not be 200 yards on the ground and three touchdowns. It might not be what it was the first two nights. I have to believe we'll be able to run the ball at least a little bit. Like you'll be able to turn around and hand it off to someone and they'll go get you three or four yards. Washington, we couldn't pick up a yard. We couldn't say it's first down and one. We're going to run it three times. We need this first down. We couldn't even count on that. We couldn't. 
you have to at least be able to go, we'll get three yards. At least that. Just to keep them honest. We couldn't even keep Washington honest. And if Peyton Thorne plays how we did, you know, hopefully continues that upward progression. Hopefully we get Jaden Reed back. Hopefully the passing game, you know, is that much better against Minnesota. I, I just can't sit here and tell you that MSU is going to turn in that same level of performance. I don't give a fuck who Minnesota has. It's Minnesota. Their quarterback's Tanner Morgan. They've played nobody. I don't give a fuck what they're ranked or what the scores of their games have been. We simply do not turn in that same level of effort, and they don't dominate like Michael Penix and Washington did. I refuse to believe it. It's P.J. Fleck. No disrespect, but that's a disrespectful thing I just said. P.J. Fleck doesn't scare me. I'm not like, God damn it, P.J. Fleck's going to find all of our weaknesses and exploit it. P.J. Fleck's going to run up and down the sideline seven times, and they'll lose by 14. That's what I think is going to happen. I think this game ends up being, I don't know, 34-21 MSU, something like that, 34-24, something like that. I just I, – I, it feels like a must-win game for State. It really does. It feels like a must-win game because you come back after what the fuck happened in Seattle and you lose again, and you're not losing to Penn State or Ohio State or one of these teams where it's like, all right, fair. You know, they're the real fucking deal. You're losing to Minnesota coming off playing nobody, you got to be the aggressor Saturday. We have to go out there and do what Washington did to us. Like, fucking welcome back to Big Ten football, guys. This is what real competition looks like. This is what real defense looks like. This is what a real run game looks like. I don't give a fuck what your stats were against Division Three teams. We are going to punch you in the mouth, and it's going to take you at least a half to get used to it. That's what has to happen. We got to come out nastier, more motivated, meaner, more aggressive. We can't play this game like it's us protecting some record. We have to play this game like we need to win it. Like we are desperate to win it. And they should be. There's no reason for them not to be. I would think after the press conference Mel Tucker gave where he's like, I'm a horseshit football coach. I'd imagine the urgency in the football building this week is turned to 100 I'd imagine everybody is fucking getting after it. People are talking like there is no fucking chance we lose this football game. I got to believe it. Hopefully, Jaden Reed comes back. Hopefully, Jacob Slade comes back. We got hit with the injury bug early this year, and it's crucial guys going down. Hopefully, we get a couple of them back. Like, no, Jaden Reed is a killer, bro. Killer. No, Jacob Slade is a killer. We got to get a couple of these guys back, and we got to remember who we are. Whatever you want to say about that Washington game and how bad of a loss, listen, everything in the Big Ten is on the table. We're undefeated in the Big Ten. It's week one. It's a gauntlet, the Big Ten. You're going to play good teams pretty much every week. Starts with Minnesota. They're riding high. They're 3-0. and They want to come in and kick you while you're down. Fuck them. It's P.J. Fleck and Tanner Morgan. I don't care what their offense is ranked. I don't care what their defense is ranked. I don't give a fuck how bad our defense was last week and last year. Figure it out. If that defense, I'll tell you what, if we come out this week and those guys, Tanner Morgan and, and them, hang like 40 points on us, are just cruising down the field effortlessly, they don't punt all game, they just run back what Michael Penix and Washington did, and our defense looks the exact fucking same, I'm going to be on here next week and I'm going to freak out. I'm going to freak the fuck out. I'm going to throw a temper tantrum. That cannot happen. 
the defense needs to look different, whether it's more aggressive, more man coverage, more zone coverage, look different looks, different zone blitzes, whatever the fucking case may be. The defense has to, has to look better this week. It has to look better. Guys in the secondary have to be near their responsibility. Angelo Gross can't be 12 yards behind the guy as he saunters into the end zone. Every fucking play can't happen. I don't care if you got to play freshman. I don't care if you got to play walk-ons. It doesn't matter, Mel Tucker. Angelo Gross, Chester Kimbrough, Amir Speed, all those guys that played at Washington last week, they can't do it. They didn't get it done. So what, what else do you need to see? Chester Kimbrough, Angelo Gross, you saw it last year too. This isn't game three for them. You saw that shit all last year, and yet there they still are fucking up your defense. I don't care if Jaden Mangum's a freshman. I don't care if Dylan Tatum and Caleb Coley are freshmen. Put him in the goddamn game. Put someone else in the goddamn game. Someone with something to prove. Anybody who wants to make a play, because that defense cannot look the same. It's a big game for MSU. Big game. Feels like a must win. I think they get it done. I have faith in Michigan State. I have faith in Mel Tucker. I have faith in this team bouncing back. I have faith in Peyton Thorne bouncing back, this offensive line bouncing back. The guys on that defense, Jacoby Winman, Chris Bogle, Cal Halliday, Angelo Gross, as bad as he's fucking been, Charles Brandley. I have faith in some of these guys having a little bit of pride. I have faith in us refusing to lose to this fucking team. And Tanner Morgan doesn't scare me. P.J. Fleck doesn't scare me. Minnesota doesn't scare me. I have faith in us winning this game. I think we will. I know we're underdogs at home. Even more disrespect. I think we win this game. I hope I'm right. And if I'm wrong, I'm going to come back here and fucking shovel shit down my throat next week. Must win game. Mel, don't let that defense look the same. All right, folks. That's all I got this week. I uh, hope you enjoyed. Hope you had a wonderful week. Hope you have a great weekend, dude. Hope your college football team wins. Unless you're a fan of Minnesota, then I hope you get cranked or the Vikings, Minnesota Gophers or the Vikings. Um, either way, hope your team gets murdered. Hope you get annihilated. Hope you're crying by halftime. All I got this week, we'll be back here next week, Tuesday, Thursday, once again. I appreciate the support. Lions fans, almost forgot. Lions fans, the new design is on sale this week. It'll be on sale Friday probably around noon Eastern time, and it'll close Sunday at midnight. Do not miss the new design. It's the nicest lines design I've ever done. It's got a streetwear feel. It's fucking gas. Check it out, thesecondstring.com. Only on sale this weekend. This is your chance to get it. Plain and simple. Don't message me after going, can you put it back up? Because no, I can't. This weekend, thesecondstring.com. This year's first lines design. There'll be more to come, but this is the one of the season. Little Hutch, little JMO. You're going to like it. All right. Appreciate all you guys. Hope you have a great weekend. Talk to you next week.